Oh, man. Well, it's New Year's, everybody. Happy New Year! So, we're back again for 2024, and we are kicking this shit off right. By poo-pooing on the warrants, as we promised. <laughs> Our favorite pastime. That's you guys' favorite pastime. Because they're you love I root. I, I wave my little warrant flag. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. I'm yet to form an opinion. <laughs> eh. I'm I'm just not into Christian superheroes. Mm. I mean, they got two very attractive people to uh, portray them in those movies. Yeah, they did. They and did. when you actually look at them, they that's look like not what they. That's not what they look like. No, no they look like Leela's mom from Mom and Dad from Futurama. <laughs> Why is that so right? <laughs> I mean, do you know what I'm talking no. about? No. Hold on. I barely got- remember what they look like, but. I definitely don't know. We look. They oh. look like creepy. That creepy farm painting. Oh. You know, it's like grandma and grandpa with like the pitchfork. That's yeah. what they look like. Nah. Hold on. Yes, it is. What <laughs> kind of fuckery is that? Let me Google this shit. Futurama. Sips tea. <laughs> Dude, Th- this is exactly what they fucking look like. <laughs> now show me them. <laughs> Can I get a side by side? Can we get like a morph yes. effect on that? Or yes. <laughs> oh my god. There you go. That would be the most horrifying picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I, okay, I agree. I need that picture, but with the one eye. On the wall. The Actually, this wall. this yes. one's better. This one's fucking better. Not that one. They do look like what Sam said. The, <laughs> the farm people. Grandma and grandpa with the pitchfork. I don't yeah. know, man. I mean, that's not wrong either. <laughs> but mine was also correct. I'm just going to get a photo of the Warrens and stick it on the Good wall. Good old Ed and Lorraine. Good old Ed and Lorraine. Mm-hmm. But do you see the devil made me do it? Absolutely yes. not. I fell it's asleep during awful. it. <laughs> Christian fell asleep. It was terrible. Maybe I'll watch it then. Well, you know, Warner Brothers had to scrape the barrel deep. If you need um, a good, like, siesta time, it's a good t- sleepy time. What, uh, the devil made me, what case is that about? Arnie Johnson? Yeah. Um, I think I remember that case. He, like, killed his landlord. Yeah. And said that he was possessed. Yeah. All right. Hell yeah. Like, went to trial and everything. I think I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, they had to basically try to, like, prove that the devil was real in the court of law, and mm. <laughs> that didn't go well. Yeah, I'm sure. But that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about the infield poltergeist. The shaky ghost. <laughs> the shaky ghost. He's one. a shaky ghost. He does like to throw a lot of shit around. <laughs> that's not shaky. He's epileptic. He's fucking <laughs> throw shit. Shaky, shaky, eggs that's, and bakey. Uh, put a spoon in the ghost's mouth. Um, <laughs> so, oh, no. He can't swallow his ghost tongue. Jesus Christ. Somebody's got to stop him. God. Turn him on his side. (laughs) Shove a wallet in his mouth. Yep. You just repackaged my whole fucking joke, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Uh, Good good for you. You're welcome. All right, Sam. a nice little bow on it, too. Mm -hmm. It's like a who wore it better. Mm -hmm. I like it. There you go. Well, without further ado, guys, welcome to Creeps in the Crypt. As always, I'm Eric, and I'm joined by... I'm going to say it first. Christian. And Sam. Who's next? <laughs> I'm always fucking last. All right. And Bailey. 
And uh, today, like we said, we're covering the infield poultry guys. So Sam, without further ado, take it away. Many of you might be familiar with the story of the infield poltergeist from watching The Conjuring 2. Paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren traveled to England to investigate the infield haunting. While the film may be fictional, the haunting in North London did take place in the 1970s. But as far as the Warrens' involvement, they only stayed there for one day. Mm. <laughs> Unlike yeah. in the movie where they were there for almost a week. <laughs> They're like, hey, you guys want to make some money? And then uh, nothing happened. Yeah. Till way later on. And they ended up getting uninvited. Yikes. They were just like, mm, go home. <laughs> You're done. And what's crazy is if you watch The Conjuring 2's like bonus sequences, they have um, one of the girls from this case. And it looks like she's had a gun being held to her head during the interview. She just looks like, oh, yeah, they were a big part of the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they for sure. Yep. Reading off cue cards. Money yeah, they, were a, they were a great uh, addition. <laughs> addition to the. Uh, well, you got to do it in a British accent, dude. I haven't break it down to a British accent more often than not, but now I'm now I'm. I want to hear it. Spot. I'm nervous. It'll come out later. Don't. <laughs> don't do episode this. Episode two, we'll do the British accent. <laughs> the whole thing. The whole episode. Oh my god! Absolutely not. <laughs> That'd be fucking grand. <laughs> we would get canceled. Yeah. I don't know. Is that is that cancelable? I don't I think don't so. Know. Making fun of British people? No. That's my ancestry. No, you so. can make fun of white people as much as you want. Yeah. Nobody cares. That's true. That's true. I mean Sam Adams makes fun of my cousin from Boston. That guy's not from Boston. <laughs> What? <laughs> you never seen those commercials before? No. They have Sam Adams and it says my cousin from Boston. Oh, I mm. thought you had a cousin from Boston. I don't. Took me no. A yeah. I, yeah. I was, I was like, what the I wasn't fuck following <laughs> that at all. Oh, that, God. Swing and a miss. <laughs> Samuel Adams, the beer company. <laughs> Listen, as somebody who likes to de- dress like Sam Adams, or not Sam Adams, uh, Adam Sandler, I'm appreciating that. What the fuck? I don't know. I'm just throwing out fucking shit and hoping it lands. Maybe. <laughs> I know you didn't drink today, but goddamn. I don't know. I've been with a child all day. My brain's fucking bush. It's childing. Mm. She's that's fair. Doing age regression. Allowed. Mm. <laughs> Go do a shot and come back and talk to us. <laughs> She's got a whole drink right there. I am. I'm chug it. On. Chug, chug, yeah. chug. <laughs> Become one with the spirits for this episode. <laughs> oh, Lord. I, don't, I don't think you want that. <laughs> I do. I want that. I think it'd be funny. Mm. All right. Well, let's continue. So unlike in the movie where they are shown to be requested by the church to investigate the case. Unfortunately, <clears throat> there were no demonic nuns involved in this either. Is it Vaylak? Valak. 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 Uh, that was simply a dramatic device added to build more cinematic story and link to the first film. Which I don't remember a nun being in the first Conjuring. It was like hinted at. Yeah. Oh. It was like one of those like foreshadowing things at the end oh. type of thing. Because the first Conjuring was the parent, the parents. Yeah. Yeah. You see that thing burned down? Their barn? Yeah. Mm. Wild. 
No. Don't worry. We'll cover that one next New Year's. The parents? Yeah. I thought we did it already. I don't think we did. I don't know. Anyway. So now that we've settled the Ed and Lorraine presence debacle, <laughs> they were there for a single day. Probably not even 24 hours. Yeah, they came in, took some photos, and then uh, dipped out. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, we played a huge part in this. Yeah. We were here for sure. We were, there's proof that we were here. <laughs> there are photographs. Photographic evidence. So we can get into the real story of the Enfield Poltergeist now, which now I remember watching the movie. Second Conjuring. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I fell asleep. It was good. Yeah, it was good. They were in like a little townhouse, right? Uh, yeah, it's like a little uh, flat, like an apartment type thing. So not a townhouse. Kinda. It. It's weird. It. it it's weird. It's like um, you know, like the brownstones. Yeah. Up in New York, kind of like something like that. Okay. So yeah. Yeah, okay. think like gotcha. a townhouse, but like a shit ton of them connected to each other. Isn't that what a townhouse is? No, a townhouse is like two, I thought. Two or three. That would be a duplex if it was two. Right? You lived in one. I don't fucking know. I a always townhouse it a is townhouse. usually like, I, I think like three or four. I don't At know. At least, yeah. I'm not a real estate person. <clears throat> clearly. Me neither. I'm a podcaster, so. I'm pretty sure. it's Anyway. So, uh, there are two primary investigators. They are Maurice Gross. Gross? Gross. Right? and guy playfair which these two dudes are super fascinating Hmm. like they basically lived with this family during this time and recorded every fucking thing so in the movie they're the two like camera dudes and the audio dude they did them so fucking dirty yeah jesus like no cred literally none it was all ed and lorraine warren in the movie from what i remember yeah that's pretty fucking shitty i'm pretty sure i could be thinking of another paranormal movie though i want to say it was only one of them that appeared in the movie i want to say they wrote the other guy out of it because he was like still alive and would have been pissed off and wanted money or some shit (laughs) so they only used the one that was dead wow yeah dick move and lorraine well i think they were already dead at the time too or pretty damn close to it i know he was already dead yeah he died fairly young ish yeah fairly yeah i mean he wasn't like decrepit or anything no he wasn't i think he was like in his 60s late 60s that's pretty young to die these days maybe it's connected who knows maybe the ghost finally got him probably they did have a whole museum of spooky things that they supposedly allegedly collected from all of their <laughs> endeavors hikes could be sounds like somebody we know mm. Mm. Who? Stay the fuck out of Goodwill. <laughs> Sounds familiar. Oh, he who knows little. That is, you think that's the only place I could find something. There's eBay. Yeah. All types oh, of places. for fuck's sake. So, these incidents at Enfield are among the most closely recorded in any poltergeist type case. Maurice Gross, Guy Playfair, Peggy Hodgson, uh, which is the the mom, among other witnesses, kept records of varying levels of detail. Tape recordings, mainly by Guy Playfair and Maurice Gross, they eventually totaled over 180 hours. Sheesh. 
And I think there was like 30 some witnesses to this shit by the Mm. time it was all said and done. Um, This is just a ghost throwing a fucking tantrum. (laughs) Basically. He's just not getting enough attention. He's not getting enough attention. I I also throw tantrums. I get it. I understand. Me as well. Salem likes to claw up our fucking door frame when he gets pissed off and he's not getting fed or petted. This Mm. ghost likes to throw shit around. (laughs) And he does that a lot. (laughs) I mean, I can relate. So on the evening of Tuesday, August 30th, 1977, Peggy Hodgson. That's very odd for my mouth to say. Hodgson. 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 And I wonder if you're even weird, right? I wonder if you're even saying it right, because it could be like some British dialect to it. Say it in British. Come on. (laughs) Give us our best one. Do you want us to close our eyes? (laughs) Maybe it'll come out. I don't know. I've been breaking out more often than not lately. Love that. And (laughs) Michael was like, what the fuck? (laughs) Anyway. So, what are you going to do if they actually do like a Jack the Ripper show or something like that? You're going to have to do full British accent all the time. <laughs> Matt's going to be like, you be you, Sam. <laughs> you, just, you just do you. <laughs> you do you. Uh, so Peggy is a 47-year-old divorced mother of four. She went into her children's bedroom to tell them to stop fighting and to go to sleep. Mm. They, the kids, were complaining that the bed was shaking, but thinking no more of it, she went to bed. She was just like, get over it. Go to bed. Which is very something my mom would be like, shut up and go to bed. Same. So. The next night, she heard a shuffling noise, like someone was walking about on the linoleum in slippers, and... uh, then four- they were shuffling. They were just shuffling across the floor. I've heard shuffling in my old my brother's house, uh, which well, I used to live there, but my brother bought it. And then I used to hear a lot of shuffling on the tile floor in that house. Lots of it. Yeah, an elderly ghost, dude. That's fine. He didn't fuck with me, so that's, he, he they could chill there. I don't give a shit. So she hears the shuffling on linoleum, and then four loud knocks. A chest of drawers slid across the floor. Peggy pushed it back and it slid forward again. She tried to push it back, but she couldn't. It was then that the family fled to the Nottinghams at 282 Green Street and asked for help. Vic Nottingham, who is a roofer, and his son, Gary, went over to the Hodgson's house to investigate. And they heard knocks coming from all over the house now. Mm Mm-mm. Thinking someone was playing a prank, they called the police, who came out to the house around, like, 1 a.m., and the police checked the walls, the attic, pipes, but... Because somebody may have took a big old shit in it <laughs> from one of those English breakfasts. It was trying to escape. Yeah. Like, Could you imagine that's all it is? the plumbing. <laughs> Could you imagine that that's all it was, and they were just, just like, yeah, that seems like a fat shit. Yeah, haunted by a big shit. <laughs> It never live it down. So they check all these things and couldn't find anything to explain the tapping. One of the police officers that responded said the PC, which I'm not police chief. I don't know. No, it says the PC and the neighbors all went into the kitchen to check the refrigerator pipes. 
Uh, I'm not sure what uh, the PC is. I don't know. I, I, that's a quote directly from uh, yeah. the book. Police contact? I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Someone tell us what that is. Police cop. There you go. Got you. Police, <laughs> police constable? Oh. Are they called constables over there? Mm, no clue. They're called constables in Texas. There is a constable. Yeah, he rides a horsey. Learns something new every day. As he should. As he should. I love them. They're nice friends. The horse. Oh, I, I mean, like, the ossifers. Maybe I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't talk to him. Pretty I just sure. wanted to pet his horse. I was Horses like, are officers too. He's a good boy. Yeah. Stopping crime all around the town. Mm-hmm. He just bucks somebody's taillight out, and <laughs> the cop leans over and goes, "You boys ready to go to jail?" <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a good boy. To serve in hay. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> He's a good boy. He's working boy. <laughs> so uh, the so the the quote says the PC and the neighbors all went into the kitchen to check the refrigerator pipes, etc., leaving the family and myself in the living room. The lights in the living room were switched off again, and within a few minutes, the eldest son pointed to a chair that was standing next to the sofa. I looked at the chair and noticed that it was wobbling slightly from side to side. I then saw the chair slide across the floor towards the kitchen wall. It moved approximately three to four feet and came to rest. I feel quote. like this ghost is just like an interior direct, like decorator. <laughs> He's like, there's not enough feng shui. Yeah, yeah. feng shui is so off yeah, in the, here. The feng shui in here is fucked up. The vibes are off, man. The vibes are not vibing. They're not doing it. So the next night, Vic Nottingham went back to the house and was attacked by with a flying Lego, <laughs> which that's enough for me to be like, all right, I'm out. Yeah. We're not throwing Legos in the house. No. <laughs> this man clearly has never had children. I mean. That's where I draw the line. <laughs> imagine if the ghost like put it under his foot, like while he was trying to walk around. That's I, feel like, I feel like there's been so many times that you have stepped <clears throat> on Legos. It's, the it's, ghost <laughs> is going to jail. Straight I'll to jail. fight it. If it, put, if it makes jail. me step on Legos, I'm fighting it. I'm swinging. <laughs> You're just like swinging at the air. <laughs> Somebody walks in. They're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" I put a Lego under my foot. Just grab a rosary and just start punching. <laughs> so marbles and Legos flew around the house for the next three days, and various people visited in an effort to what help. What is this Home Alone? <laughs> Bro, I AJ now loves that movie, and I'm scared. No, don't let them watch it. Oh no, no she binged it this all Christmas. The, all of the fucking. She's gonna booby trap your house, dude. Yeah. I'm you're gonna be walking. You're gonna Clearly, be walking that's upstairs, what and all you're gonna doing. see is a fucking paint can. The ghost just arranges marbles at the top of the stairs. <laughs> Could you imagine? I'm not getting AJ's not getting marbles for a very long time. Mm. She'll not never forget. <laughs> No, she won't. She's a, she's a monster. So, the people that visited included members of the council and clergy. At a loss as to what to do, on September 4th, Mrs. Nottingham called the Daily Mirror, hoping that they could do something to help. The Mirror sent reporter Douglas Bentz and photographer Graham Morris... And Graham Morris later said, quote, I thought it was an ordinary job until I walked into the house. I stood in the gloom in the kitchen and one by one, they brought the children into the adult's arms. And the last one to come in was Janet. 
Suddenly, things just took off and started flying around the room. I got hit by a Lego brick over my right eye. It gave me a lump for a few days, which, fuck that. Dude, they gotta give this fucking ghost a contract with, like, the, the Yankees. Yeah, I was to say, like, <laughs> this motherfucker's throwing fastballs with Legos. <laughs> with precision. Dude, he's gonna be, like, number one pitcher in the in the league. For sure. And they can't even see him. <laughs> we'll never see it coming. He just materializes the ball in front of the batter. Oh my god, could you imagine? No. So... There were marbles and things left in the kitchen that were just flying around the room. Which, why do you have marbles and Legos in the kitchen in general? Flag on the plate. She's a divorced mom. She's I want to say. She's trying her best, man. <laughs> well, order, her, order means nothing. Well, her ex was a piece of shit. And uh, he would, like, come and pay child support with, like, some new new girl on his, like, young girl on his arm every time. Ew. Just to fuck with her. What a guy. Ew. Sounds like mine. Mm-hmm. He sounds like a class act. Yup. So he goes on to say, I was watching all of the family and none of them was doing anything. End quote. George Fallows, a senior reporter at the Mirror and photographer David Thorpe, visited the house. Uh, George Fallows believed that at first Peggy was playing tricks in order to get a new council house. But he soon realized that something serious was going on. Because basically they were in assisted living. Okay. So they, it was it was like their version of welfare. It's like Section 8. Exactly. Okay. So uh, he says, because of the emotional atmosphere at the house and in the neighborhood, ranging from hysteria through terror to excitement and tension, it has been difficult to record satisfactory data. Nevertheless, I am satisfied... The overall impression of our investigation is reasonably accurate. To the best of our ability, we have eliminated the possibility of a total trickery, although we have been able to simulate most of the phenomena. In my opinion, this faking could only be done by an expert. George Fallow suggested contacting the Society for Psychological... uh, Psychical? Yeah. Cycle? Psychical. Psychical. Psychical, yeah. <laughs> Research. Okay. Don't hurt yourself. I almost did. That was a little. I was. I like, watched the stroke. Come was on. that was that a typo or like psychical? She was glitching. I didn't know that was I a know. word. It oh, sounds gosh. like a glitch. I You're glitching. You <laughs> <laughs> the first time that's happened. Listen to the dinosaur episode. It's fun. That's what I hear. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> Don't do it. Sam was like three words away from doing a screenshot with her whole body. <laughs> God damn. Why is that so right? Screenshot. It was I I it was bad. I couldn't even drink about it because it would just get worse. Couldn't even drink about it. I couldn't drink myself through it. Just like, you know, fuck it, whatever. Yeah. No. No. I had to have my full like brain power Full focus you're like staring i was like uh kind of like psychical but worse yeah, yeah. <laughs> more there's more syllables and like random ass fucking letters right when you say this send or society for psychical research i think of like a bunch of people on like unicycles unicycles <laughs> cycle research psychical. the society yeah. of cycle research <laughs> in russia it's just bears on unicycles is that what they do there? Yeah, these are paranormal yeah. investigators on unicycles. Yeah. Honestly. Very serious. 
very serious matter. Of course. Don't make fun of them. No, never. Yeah. I would never. It's a great mode of transport. It is. I hear. I can never. I'm never that coordinated. Uh-uh. <laughs> Same. No. So he was put in contact with Maurice Gross, a relatively new member of the society who had joined after the death of his daughter the year before. Maurice Gross visited the house on the 5th of September. He said this. So one fact that I forgot to put in here when I was doing these, Maurice's Gross's daughter's name was Janet. No way. Yeah. Fucking. Ooh. Just keep note of that. Spooky. I love it. So Maurice says this about his first visit to the house. He says, I found chaos. The whole family was congregated in the house together with the neighbors next door. And there were a lot of very, very frightened people there. End quote. Dude, I imagine Maurice Gross walked in there kind of like Bill Murray's character from Ghostbusters (laughs) when he interviews the librarian. (laughs) Like, he's walking in there like, are you, Alice, menstruating right now? (laughs) Shut up. That's going to play a big part in episode two, by the way. The way you just had that on deck. That's how He's I roll. been waiting all day for this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. But truthfully, though, that's what happens with a lot of these poltergeist incidents is Someone's they normally happen with a young girl that's coming of age. Mm. And there was two teenage girls in the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're blaming it on our periods. That's I mean, I yeah. feel very, I right. feel very spooky and haunty when I'm. Oh my it, goodness, it's so. it's that pubescent energy, dude. It conjures up demons. Yeah, I was pretty demonic when I was fourteen. 15. Same. Fucking psychotic. Psychical. Psychical as fuck. You were fucking psychical, dude. <laughs> my poor mother. Same. <laughs> So, Maurice Gross and the members of the press, they waited to witness any incidents. And on Wednesday, the 8th of September, at 1.15 a.m., they rushed into the children's bedroom after hearing a loud crash. The two sisters, Janet, who was 11, and Margaret, who was 13, were still asleep, but a chair had flipped over a meter across the room, which that's like... A little over a foot, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to say it's like three foot, three or four foot. Okay, so it's like a yard. Yeah, well, I know there's they make a meter stick, and I think it's like almost four foot. Okay, so like a little. I don't more know, than man. I I know English, like U.S. system is a measurement. I do. I don't really know the metric system. I don't know the fuck. It's a little less than a foot. A meter is less than a foot. Yes. Okay. It's point three zero, so it's thirty percent of a foot. So it's probably about six inches, seven inches. That would be half a foot. Okay, uh-huh. so it's three inches. The math ain't nothing. I don't know, man. I don't know. I stop measuring shit. I don't need. That's not my job to measure shit. That is what I call a boy tour. Yes. <clears throat> so this was enough to convince Maurice to stay and investigate further. On the 10th of September, so two days later, the Daily Mirror broke the story, describing it as the house of strange happenings. 
Later that evening, Peggy appeared on a radio program called Nightline on LBC, which is a London radio station. When Peggy arrived home after the show, she was greeted by the BBC's Roz Morris from the Radio 4 show. The World This Weekend is the name of the show. Roz joined Maurice Gross on an all-night vigil and also witnessed some paranormal activity. He said, quote, after the girls went to bed, there was a very loud crash upstairs in their bedroom. Something chucked the chair across the room. I'm convinced of that. End quote. Maurice Gross also saw flying marbles, jumping teaspoons and boxes, and a sofa that rose into the air and crashed down on the floor upside down. The strong ghost. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's just getting his lifts in. Dude, there's a whole bunch of weird shit that's getting ready to go down. So, uh, Maurice was among several people to witness these events. Other witnesses included the reporters and next-door neighbors, so the Nottinghams. Maurice and the photographer rigged up a camera that took photos when triggered and managed to capture Janet being thrown from her bed. Realizing that he was out of his depth, Maurice asked the SPR, which is the Society for Psychical Research. (laughs) I can say that now. He asked them for help in investigating the poltergeist. Guy Playfair accepted the request and arrived at the house on the 12th of September. He later wrote the book, This House is Haunted, The True Story of the Enfield Poltergeist. Which is our main source that we use today. Yay. The family were chased out of the house on Sunday, the 25th of September, and sought refuge with Peggy's brother, who lived up the road. While his brother, I mean his wife, her brother, (laughs) his wife. Right. (laughs) Sylvia made some tea. A Lego brick appeared in front of her and dropped onto the table. I would just shit my pants and die. (laughs) Well, that means the ghost is attached to... Someone. Yeah, Janet. It's definitely Janet. We'll see. Don't spoil anything, Eric. Damn it, Janet. Damn it, Janet. (laughs) So it was then that the family realized that the entity could follow them out of the house. So Maurice and Guy saw indentations in pillows and on the bed as though someone was lying there. There was a suspicion that the spirit of a four-year-old child who had been smothered with a pillow by her father may be responsible for the incidents. It's never a child. I'm not going to say never, but it rarely is an actual child. Hmm. Mm. I'm just saying. Yeah. They'd like some some entities like I to like portray there's child, children. There's children ghosts. I didn't say there weren't. I don't ever hear of, like, any, like... I feel like those are, like, innocent hauntings, though. But this fucker is throwing around, like, marbles and Legos and, like... I mean, that's... Yeah, that's kind of a good point. This poltergeist needs a time out. Yeah. Mm. Grounded. (laughs) (laughs) No Xbox. (laughs) No more marbles for you. (laughs) Just starts materializing marbles from all over the neighborhood. It's like, oh, yeah? (laughs) If you're not going to play with the Legos right, you can't play with them at all. (laughs) Literally confiscate the fucking legos. (laughs) So Peggy had been given items of furniture from the house of the little girl when she moved into her property in Enfield. Free furniture. I see nothing wrong with that. I mean, (laughs) 
I may at one point when I lived in an apartment got some furniture from a house that may or not may or may not have had a murder take place in it. Oh my god. Was that a Wilmington? Yeah. Of course it was a Wilmington. There's a murder in the apartment across from mine. Last couple of Octobers ago. Mm. Yeah. Do people live there now? Yeah. <gasps> She's got like a cross on the door and like all, to- all sorts of shit. It's like a older lady. Saves the fuck out of that yeah, house. Fuck that. I literally like go downstairs to go outside and get something from my car and I like look at it and I'm like, oh my God. I talked to my therapist about it the other day. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> what did she say? Can you tell me? No. Is that like. I don't recall actually. Yeah. Um, she basically said, don't be scared. <laughs> like, just, yeah. It's none of your business, Bailey. Yeah. Chill. <laughs> don't bring that negativity in your home. <laughs> Literally. So Peggy made sure to throw out any furniture belonging to the little girl's former home, but the activity continued. Janet was the center of the activity, which is common in poltergeist cases, which predominantly affect girls and young women. Two physicists, Piero Brovetto? Sure. sure. Piero Brovetto. Yeah, that. See, she's got it. Yeah. Well, Bailey, you should read this. I'm just going to stop at the names and you can just... <laughs> should I fill in? <laughs> and Vera Maxia. Yeah. Who wrote a paper called Some Conjecture who wrote a paper called Some Conjectures About the Mechanism of Poltergeist Phenomenon. Say that uh, three times fast. Uh, I'd rather not. Neuroquantology. <laughs> Good. I can say that yeah. word. Fucking can I just... Yeah. Can't star. say a fucking dinosaur name, but you can say that. <laughs> Fuck you, Eric. I hate that. There's, There's too, too many consonants in it. She's just like, there's not enough vowels. I can't get it. It looks like you just like shook up a Scrabble board and just dumped it out. <laughs> Maybe next time I will. <laughs> I could probably say that easier than those fucking dinosaur names. What if we just do one episode where we make just like gibberish, but it's a bunch of fucking like realistic ass words and make Sam just try to say it? Just oh, April Fool's just is going to be lit this her. year, dude. <laughs> I'm going to be sick that day. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you guys. Someone else can read next time then. (laughs) Assholes. So they argue that children generate poltergeist activity by channeling energy into the quantum mechanical vacuum. Mm. Okay. Whatever that means. Well, sure. (laughs) I mean, that sounds sounds logical. Sounds legit. It sounds sick. Fuck, I can't say it. Psychical. Now I can't say it. Psychical. <laughs> is it cordless or not? She's going to burn down all her brain cells saying that one big fancy word. <laughs> Shut up, Eric. Their paper postulates that although poltergeist activity has been reported around the world and in different cultures, the one thing they all have in common is pubescent children or young women. Which they're not exactly wrong. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Every kid going through puberty is a demon. It's vagina trickery. It's vagina trickery. Roland Doe. That was a man. That was a boy. That was also a demon, not a poltergeist. <laughs> Shut up, Eric. Now you feel how I felt <laughs> downstairs when I said demons. And Eric was like, I said poltergeist, not a demon, Bailey. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Scott. I'll just go fuck myself. Well, a- well actually, 
<laughs> well, actually, he mansplained it to me. I, he I did had man. To. He's he's good at that. Yeah. Ish. <laughs> I'll take it. If you want to take it, wait till we leave, please. <laughs> well, happy New Year's to me. <laughs> 2024 is going to be fucking different, okay? Just leave the Legos and marbles out of it. Where's your sense of adventure, Eric? Mm. Did it stay in 2023? Yeah. No Lincoln logs in the bedroom, please. God. Build a house to crush your nuts. It'll be like a, a crackers. A Wait, that was, that was thinking Jenga. I'm sorry. I was thinking Jenga. Put your nuts in between Jenga board and then oh, pull them fuck. out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? It'd be funny. I thought you were going with like... Just for fun. Just for funsies. Yeah. Something totally different with that joke. Okay, uh, never mind. Anyway, continue. <laughs> so anyways, uh, <laughs> Not demons. Not demons. The two physicists believe that during puberty, a modification of the body happens, which involves various organs, and these changes create fluctuations in electron activity that can cause disturbances up to a few meters around the outside of the brain. They believe that the extra fluctuations triggered by the pubescent brain can enhance Virtual particles around the person, which increase the air pressure surrounding them, which could be responsible for moving objects. What the fuck? So they're just fucking, um... No one is Carrie, okay? Yeah, moving shit around with their heads. Vagina kinesis, dude. But they can't clean their room. Matilda-ass bitch. Just saying. I love Matilda. <laughs> I love Matilda. <laughs> I was... I'm not really a fan, but... I said it. Don't look at me like that. <laughs> like, I don't like her. There was so much judgment. It was weird. That was, I was awkward. Oh, do you not like the actress that is for Matilda? Or is it you don't like the movie? Neither? No. Question mark? I don't know. I'll respect the the honesty. Well, yeah. The outcome of the honesty. I mean, you can be wrong. I That's I mean, fine. <laughs> true. <Yeah>. True. <laughs> God I'll damn. take it. I'll take it. That's funny. AG loves Matilda. She sat there watching it like... That's so funny. Maybe I liked it. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I have. Maybe I have some sort of trauma attached to Matilda. I mean, maybe. I don't know. Um, I'll talk well, about it with Julie, my yeah. therapist. Yeah. Let her, let me know what she says. Yeah. I mean, like so on the podcast, we might have discovered something. <laughs> <laughs> I might be terrified of Matilda. <laughs> I bring her some new fuck shit every every Honestly, week. I would love to be Julie. She is so concerned. <laughs> The one day I'll never forget. I like had just started taking my uh, antidepressant, and I came in. I was like, you know, I've been feeling a lot better. Like, do you think I should keep coming? And her face, she literally was like, yes, (laughs) yes, you need to keep coming. (laughs) So that's where we're at. I love that. Yeah, I love Julie. Just out here. So the Hodgson Hodgsons with Janet. In the center, many witnesses to the haunting described hearing hollow knocks that were coming from all parts of the house. What differentiates a poltergeist knock from a human one is the difference in acoustic sound waves. When a human knocks on a surface, there is a full amplitude of sound which tapers off. 
a poltergeist rap starts quietly before becoming louder and then fading away in a similar waveform so, to an earthquake. It's basically like this, right? So human knock, the peak of the sound is at the, the front. With a poltergeist knock, it's at the back. So you hear like the deep bellow and then the... See how it like kind of... You don't have a YouTube off. for this? I don't. Hmm. Damn. Dumb. I mean, I'm just trying to, you know, rationalize how they're explaining it. It's like, ooh. Yeah, it like peaks at the back. <laughs> That's exactly how that sounds. It comes to a crescendo and then it decrescendos. Yeah. Yeah. That was very scientific. Mm-hmm. Music major, my one year of college. There you go. <laughs> I love that for you. <laughs> yeah. So according to Dr. Barry Calvin, Colvin. A polyurethane technologist who carries out experimental psych- psychical. <laughs> I almost said psychological. If I say that, I mean psychical. Right. Uh, research a poltergeist sound signatures cannot be reproduced. Which is why I couldn't find it on YouTube. Oops. Well, you can like. I thought I did a grand job. Uh, <laughs> if you want to just like. Knock on, record yourself knocking out something and play it back in reverse, and that's that's pretty that's pretty close to what I think it would sound like. Okay, seems legit. The Hodgson House was not a happy one when the activity started, and it's commonly believed that poltergeist activity tends to start after major trauma or life event. In the case of the Hodgsons, their father had abandoned them for a younger woman, and the family was left struggling in poverty. The two girls, Margaret and Janet, didn't have a good relationship with their father and were afraid of him. Hello, daddy issues. Same. <laughs> Get in the boat. The youngest child, Billy, wasn't with the family because of, quote, behavioral problems and was in a boarding school. They don't go into any further into it in the book other than that. It's like they don't say what happened. Mm-hmm. Hey, they're just like, well, you know, he's in boarding school. That's it. Well, Interesting. Janet, who had a license to swear profusely and displayed increasingly aggressive behavior during the haunting, she would suddenly rush across the room and bash her head on the wall. And her family God. became concerned that she would kill herself, which that sounds like a possession <clears throat> to me. That's crazy. But I digress. Because that's that's not normal. It depends what she was going through, like, emotionally. I guess. Yeah, but bashing, like, running or ramming her head into a wall? That's cray-cray. Like, run, like, on your mark, get set, go. Yeah, like, boom. And, like, run across the room and bash her head into the wall. That's That's pretty fucking intense. But yeah. Also, uh, demons parasitic, so it doesn't want to like just outright kill the host either. It wants Mm-mm. to like accomplish some greater goal of like fucking with priests or some other bullshit. You know. Mm. I watched the Pope's Exorcist. I haven't seen it yet. It's Don't, not bad. Don't ruin it for us. We haven't watched it yet. I liked it. We'll have to check that out. And this the the new Exorcist. I heard it was meh. Yeah. I heard it was very meh. Yeah. I was kind of sad. They made some rookie fucking mistakes in that movie. Mm. We'll talk about it after. All right. 
So she would have fit Janet would have fits of rage where she would shout and swear and would have to be physically restrained. That's also sounding... Sounds like puberty. (laughs) I've never been physically restrained. I have. (laughs) We're not talking about your sex life. No. No. (laughs) My poor mom. I love you, mom. Sorry. (laughs) Terrible. It was a phase. It was a phase. It's not always a phase. Thick you, man. No. So, toward the end of November, a doctor was called to the house, and he administered 10 milligrams of Valium in order to sedate her. After being sedated, Janet levitated and landed on a radio where she was discovered by John, who was Peggy's brother. Fuck. Where she went to go stay with for a little while, his wife, Sylvia. Janet wasn't the only person affected by the poltergeist. Her mother claimed to know when events were about to take place as she would get a headache and Margaret at one point shared the same dreams. However, the activity always followed Janet. Apparitions started to appear and a neighbor's brother saw a light about a foot tall burning in the Hodgson's window before fading away. Another neighbor and Peggy saw the same elderly woman in different windows independently of each other. Janet's brother, Johnny, saw an old man with big teeth staring at him. In all, it was believed that around 15 different people saw some kind of supernatural entity during the haunting. A physicist named John Hasted, who strapped Janet to a blundell couch. I don't know what the fuck that is. I don't know either. I don't know. Apparently, that's an an important piece of information to know, though. A blundell couch. Which is an apparatus used to measure such anomalies found that her weight increased in a way that couldn't be explained. So, anytime, like, any of this phenomenon was happening, her weight would increase. (gasps) Basically. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you're stuck. Here, I am... I detach you. There you go. You're good. It's Ripley always just scared the shit out of Sam. It's always <laughs> we're talking about something spooky. She's the poltergeist kitty, though. She she's is. my little gargoyle. She is a gargoyle. Now she's going to go and chitter at the window. Mm-hmm. She's so cute. So, another physicist. No, wait, no. Okay. You want to clap about it? He also observed a light bulb explode, which he considered a similar unexplainable incident. Another physicist named David Robertson attempted to secretly video Janet, but found it impossible to conceal the equipment. He saw several unexplainable incidents, however, such as a sideboard overturning. I don't know what a sideboard is. Probably like a nightstand. Well, it's like headboard, footboard. Hmm. Is that like on the side of the bed? But how would that overturn? I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm I'm thinking it's like a nightstand. Maybe. Janet was, uh, he saw Janet levitating and a cushion (laughs) being transported to the roof, among other things. This is the wildest shit. Like, this thing has the ability to, like, just move matter. Literally took a cushion and just put it on the roof. And for what? Yeah, it, like, they were. <laughs> it was, gigs? It was literally <laughs> on the couch. They left the room. 
and this thing just threw the fucking cushion up to the roof. Like it ceiling or roof? No, because like the ceiling is indoor and the roof fucking is outdoor. Roof. So through a window? It just materialized this thing. Oh, I see. So it would like move shit through the house. Hmm. Like He's, it's getting stronger as this thing is going because it's yeah. starting out by throwing Legos and marbles. They do that. Like the marbles thing, they mm. couldn't try. They couldn't recreate at all because it would throw a marble and it would hit the ground and then just stay there. It wouldn't roll. It would just land and then it would not move. Yeah, interesting. So on November fifth, Maurice Gross decided to communicate with the spirit using raps. One for no and two for yes. I just imagine him like rapping to the spirit. It's like your spirit. I said a hip hop, hippie to the hip. <laughs> like, oh my god. Just trying to communicate, man, you know? <laughs> just trying to relate. Gross, I love that. <laughs> so he asked some questions. It's he asked, Are you a male spirit? He got two knocks, which that's yes. Did you used to live in this house? Also, two knocks again, which means yes. Was it more than 50 years ago? Two knocks again. Did you die in this house? Two knocks again. Are you unhappy? One knock means no. Why are you here? Is it because you want to give us a special message? One knock. <clears throat> are you having a game with me? The spirit then threw a cardboard box and pillow at Maurice Gross's face. It's literally just fucking with him. Literally. Yeah. It's a troll. <laughs> it's a fucking troll. <laughs> the spirit career on YouTube had a very short fucking temper. Um, mm -hmm. but it would, it would just fuck with this dude for hours, hmm. as we'll find out in the second episode. Mm -hmm. So on Monday, which November tenth, which was Janet's twelfth birthday, Guy Playfair invited an Argentinian psychic called ed his name was eduardo balano balanovsky balanovsky sure mm -hmm. to visit he brought a magnet magnometer magnetometer basically like an emf detector <laughs> yeah which they used to look for anomalies in the electric magnetic field around the house during his visit janet's pillow was thrown around and the machines registered a change in electromagnetic field strength on November 12th, Janet, on the advice of the psychic, left pens and paper around the house and called out to the entity to leave her a message. After which, messages started appearing around the house. Peggy found one on the fridge that said, quote, I will stay in this house. Do not read this to anyone or I will retaliate. Oh, that's so scary. <laughs> like, I would freak out. I'd throw up right on the ground. <laughs> nope. With your fear of vomiting yes. at all. So I'd throw up, scream, run away, throw up again, <laughs> scream, run away. <laughs> like, back and forth. It's just like a never-ending cycle. <laughs> so the next message, which was found on the living room table, said, quote, Can I have a teabag? Peggy placed a teabag on the table and ripped a teabag and a... Well, Sorry, and a ripped teabag manifested next to it. Peggy's ex turned up at the house and she showed him the messages. Once he had gone, Peggy apologized to the entity for showing him the messages 
and another one appeared saying, quote, it was a misunderstanding. Don't I was really hoping he would come in and be like, I got your tea bag right here. <laughs> Jesus. I'm channeling Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force when I did that. Is that what you were doing? Yeah. Okay. Don't do that again. <laughs> Don't do that again. <laughs> Jesus. So this next message says, it was a misunderstanding. Don't do it again. I know who that was. Ooh. Shit. He don't like uh, ex-daddy. No, he is daddy. Or wants to Ghost is daddy. Wow. Ghost. Listen. Ghost daddy. It's true blood. Ew. <laughs> Ew. <coughs> you know what I'm talking about? I, unfortunately. <laughs> fucking foul. I love that joke. It's my comfort joke. So the writing was very similar to Janet's. Huh. Imagine that. Right? But Janet was nowhere near <laughs> the room when the teabag thing happened. Nowhere. Interesting. On Tuesday, which was November 29th, the first medium, the Brazilian psychic, I well, the medium, a Brazilian psychic, called Louise. Does that have three T's? It. <laughs> Guess where it's at to know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Got you. <laughs> he visited the family. He was accompanied by his interpreter, Elsie de Grasso. Sure. Who was a member of the healing department of Sao Paulo State Spiritist Federation. All right. They offered some spiritual healing to the family, which would which gave some respite. Yeah, it like kind of calmed things down for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then, as we all know, because there's, there's going to be an episode two, they're going to pick up and <laughs> turn up to 11 real fucking quick. Love that. <clears throat> so Louise would go into a trance-like state and produce drawings and paintings and after they left, Janet began producing disturbing, bloody pictures whilst in a trance. She also wrote the name Watson over and over on a page. It turned out that a family called Watson had lived in the house, and the wife had died of a tumor in her throat in a similar way to one of the bloody pictures Janet had drawn. Ooh. Ooh. But how would she know that information? Like, that's, it's not something you can just look up now on the internet type of thing. No. This was the, what, 1970s? Yeah, uh-huh. and 70s England was not good conditions at this time. Like, it was it was a clusterfuck over there. Mm. So, she wasn't going to the library and looking up old newspaper clippings and shit like that. Interesting. So. Well, what a cliffhanger. I know. So next week when we pick up is when the voices start. Oh, the voices! <laughs> the voices. <laughs> so I I saved all like the auditory shit for next week. Okay. Cause uh, it's it's fucking wild shit. Everybody bring their squishmallow. Yeah, yeah. literally. You, you, I have a sushi one. Oh, well, there you go. I have an alien one. Cause Aww. oh well, bring yeah. your squishmallows next week. <laughs> She's got yeah. a black cat one now. Aww. She also has a plague doctor one somewhere around here. He's, He's right there. Yes. Yep. That would be the one I would be holding. Yep. And we'll cute. get a picture with you guys and your squishmallows. <laughs> Just for the episode. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, guys, that's it for this week. Uh, I hope you enjoyed part one of the infield poltergeist. We did. Uh, thank you guys for everything that you you do uh, by liking and downloading and sharing our show. It means a lot to us. We've had a phenomenal 2023, and we can't thank you enough about it. And welcome officially, Bailey. Yay! 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 This is Yay. Happy. New Year, new me. Yep. <laughs> New Year, save me. And guys, we can give your therapist so much many more things to talk yeah. about. Yeah, I'll just wait till summer slaughter. Um, it's fun. Yeah. It's a good time. It's a great time. But Christian, if you would do the thing that you do best, thank you guys so, so much. And we appreciate you guys, just like Eric was saying. Make sure you guys are keeping those downloads coming, those shares coming, and make sure you guys are commenting on when we make a post. We do appreciate those. Um, Also, if you guys have any suggestions, we do have some open slots for this uh, spring. So send us your suggestions. We have a lot of open slots. Yeah, so we're going to need some help. Um, If you guys have anything that you've been thinking about or if you've heard a story that relates to something else that you want us to cover, love it. Send it to us. We love it. I try to keep about six to ten open openings throughout yeah. the year for mm-hmm. like any like listener requests that I think in case like, in case one of us gets a wild hair up our ass and decides to come up with something that we want to hear or if something newsworthy is happening and I can just jam something in and but um make sure you guys are following us on Facebook at Creeps in the Crypt and Instagram at Creeps in the Crypt and Bailey is going to be running our TikTok Yay. I'm so excited about that it's going to yeah. be good gotta, gotta sign in yes yep yeah. we'll set up the We're new putting account putting a timeline on it no, I'm just joking. No. Um, fucking white rabbit over here. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but no, we're just appreciative of all of you guys' love. And we put a lot into the show. So thank you guys. And uh, stay spooky. And stay creepy. Stay strange. And stay safe. <laughs>